I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Roger Severino, Director of the Office for Civil Rights at the Department of Health and Human Services. Director Severino will be discussing several recent large HIPAA settlements in breach cases involving hacking incidents and the growing threat that hacking presents to the healthcare sector. So, Director Severino, OCR in the last few weeks issued three big HIPAA settlements involving hacking breaches. That includes the $6.85 million settlement with Primera Blue Cross, a $2.3 million settlement with CHSPCS, which is part of Community Health System, and a $1.5 million settlement with Athens Orthopedic Clinic. In each of these cases, OCR noted in its investigations that it uncovered systemic noncompliance. Besides failing to conduct timely and comprehensive security risk analysis, what else are these and other organizations that are reporting hacking incidents lately failing to do? Well, hackers are getting much more sophisticated as you should know, health information is a prime target for hacking. It is such critical, important information that people want their privacy protected, and healthcare systems are willing to pay money to hackers to get their data back if it is victim to ransomware. The hackers are getting more and more sophisticated, and our breaches, our breach reports, have seen a significant uptick in hacking incidents. 62% of our large breach reports from 2019 to year to date are hacking. So every week we have another news stories about hacking. So the providers really need to take these threats seriously. If they don't do a proper risk analysis and risk assessment, that is the very first step to having proper security hygiene, then they're not gonna find their vulnerabilities. Guess who will find their vulnerabilities? The bad actors. And in the last week we had three settlements of over $10 million in, in view of penalties, that those are the settlement amounts, that's real money that is meant to send a message to the industry that if you do not take the proper steps, starting with the risk analysis, you're going to be exposed and you need to shape up. In terms of what can be done, we're seeing a growth of advanced persistent threats where hackers will infiltrate, usually through phishing, to get credentials and get their foot in the door in one area of a covered entity systems, then they're patient, they'll watch. They'll attempt to, to learn everything they can about the access they were able to gain to see if they could leverage it to jump into a more secure area of the system. And in some cases, it could take months or years. And one of these settlements, actually, I think it was nine months or over a year, actually, that the hackers were in the system. And you can't have that. So you need to have system activity review going on to make sure that you have proper audits and logs to have visibility into your system because that's the only way to do it. Additionally, having very strong password policies, multi-factor authentication, it should be the gold standard now. And what we'll, what we'll see often is you'll have vulnerabilities once you get somebody through with a social engineering to get somebody's password to get access, then there's no logging of the use of that password or the number of password attempts. And if you see some really suspicious logging in and suspicious failure to, to put in the proper password, that should set up red flag that maybe you're a victim of an advanced persistent threat. And we saw some of these things in the settlements we announced. 
So, Director Severino, we also saw a cyber incident revealed by Universal Health Services that apparently involved ransomware disrupting financial and clinical operations across the company's U.S. facilities. And then on top of that, a recent ransomware attack on a hospital in Germany allegedly resulted in the death of a patient who was transported elsewhere for care receiving delayed treatment. Now, we know that OCR is focused on HIPAA security, privacy, breach notification compliance, but when it comes to cyber incidents that potentially endanger patient safety, how big of a threat do you think that's becoming? It's significant, and we have an incredibly important initiative that's our right of access initiative to make sure that under HIPAA, covered entities provide the medical information and records to patient in a timely manner and at reasonable cost. Why is that so important? Because if you don't have the proper medical information, say you're switching doctors, you might not have the right diagnosis. You might have a conflict in your medicines that are prescribed. It could be a matter of life and death. What happens if that information is locked down in a ransomware attack? It's the same thing. That data is just unavailable, and if you need the data in an emergency situation, you will not have it, and that could have life and death consequences. And that's why it's so important for covered entities to take their HIPAA responsibilities so seriously. And when they do have relationships with vendors, third parties that are acting on their behalf, that they have the proper business associate contracts so that the entire chain of custody of that protected health information remains secure. So there can be no weak link in the chain because there is far too much at stake. Director Severino, we also have been seeing a great number of breaches reported this year by covered entities involving ransom attacks on their business associates or other vendors. That includes a ransomware attack on Magellan Health Plan and more recently a ransomware attack on Blackboard, a provider of cloud-based fundraising software. If you add up all these breach reports in just these cases, these attacks have impacted the PHI of millions of individuals so far this year. With that said, what are your top vendor risk lessons that you see emerging from some of these breaches so far? You have to be proactive on the front end. Make sure you have all your security controls in place, that they're up to date, and you must monitor. So for both of these steps, you need a proper risk analysis to identify where your data is, who has access to it, and then you watch. Once you have the, the guardrails in place, to protect it from the outside, you have to look on the inside to make sure nobody got in. And sometimes there are insider threats as well, which is often underappreciated. You have to have proper stratification of who has access to what information. Only if it's appropriate should that person have access. And we have things like in hospitals, you have a famous person who's admitted for treatment. This has happened time and time again where people have no business looking at their medical records out of sheer curiosity will log into the the systems to look at the records of famous people when they have nothing to do with the treatment. These sorts of breaches, we know human nature exists and there are problems inside and outside of organizations. So you have to always be on guard in terms of your tech security, but also your physical security. And you have to think about the human factor as well. Many of these failures aren't merely just lack of the proper technical tools. It's the human link as well that's incredibly important. You could have the best firewalls, you could have the best IT hardware, but if you don't have people watching, people logging, people tracking to see patterns and infiltrations, it doesn't matter. 
Now, related to the blackboard breach, there's been some debate in the healthcare sector lately about whether or not that ransomware attack on blackboard, the company says they paid a ransom in exchange for hackers confirming that they destroyed the stolen data. So there's some experts that are sort of arguing that all these covered entities that are reporting breaches about patient data or patient PHI being impacted, that these covered entities are needlessly reporting these breaches as HIPAA breaches, kind of opening themselves up to perhaps, you know, litigation by patients, so on and so forth. Any thoughts about that? Are these ransomware attacks we're seeing where there are ransoms paid and the data is destroyed or returned, are those still considered HIPAA breaches? I can't comment on any particular case in the news or potential or actual investigation. As a general matter, if there is a ransomware attack and your data is locked down, report it to the FBI because that is a crime. And although entities are able to pay ransom, there is no guarantee that the data is actually destroyed. Why would you trust a criminal? Better to not be in a position where you have to trust somebody who has broken the law to hope that they have destroyed the data or did not have infiltrated and spread it to the world. Better to have on the front end the proper protections so that you don't have to be put in such a horrible position of wondering whether a ransom is appropriate or the best thing to do. Better instead to never expose yourself to that sort of harm. And once people have access to your data, you, the default should be a presumption of a breach. Now, it's possible with forensic analysis that you may be able to have an argument that perhaps the data in some cases was not made accessible. That's a, a technical question, but if somebody has gotten access to your system, should you have any confidence that the data has been safe? No, you should not. You should not have confidence. It's very difficult to, to track every avenue because what these hackers do is do their absolute best to try to cover their tracks. And I would, I would recommend entities to avoid being in that very difficult situation of wondering whether or not they actually have to report a HIPAA breach to OCR because you're required to. If it's an actual breach, you're required to report to OCR and, of course, to people potentially affected. So that's the lay of the land, and the best solution to that is to avoid ever being a victim. Director Severino, in addition to the hacking breach settlements that OCR recently announced, there were also three right-of-access cases where there were also settlements what else can we expect from OCR in the weeks and months to come in terms of other enforcement activities and settlements? Things have picked up now with the initial shock of COVID-19. We didn't think it was the, the best time to announce large settlements in the middle of the very beginning of the crisis. Our entire focus was on the immediate public health concern. Now, as things have stabilized, we're making sure that all of the longer-term health needs of the American people are still being met. We announced enforcement discretion with respect to telehealth very early on during the crisis so people can use some very common apps like Skype and FaceTime and Zoom to connect with their doctors wherever they are. If they're locked down, if they can't leave, if they are, have difficulty or have conditions that make it unwise to leave the house, now you could do it during this crisis using some of the most common and easy-to-use communication devices. We've seen a very positive response to that. 
We're following up with continued enforcement on our right of access initiative to make sure people have timely access to the records at reasonable cost. And if you combine these efforts with our focus on hacking and ransomware, I think we're in a very, very good place in terms of our enforcement initiatives and program, despite the extraordinary difficulties of COVID-19. We can't forget that health information privacy is a cornerstone of the safe and proper delivery of medicine, because if people don't have confidence that their records will be private and accessible, they'll be less likely to seek medical care to begin with, and this is ultimately what it is all about. Thank you, Director Severino. I've been speaking to Roger Severino, Director of HHS OCR. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.